Swamiji, in uh, this age, there's a lot of talk about being self-sufficient, to get away from all the political drama, the uh, economic crisis. Can you talk a little bit about self-sufficiency? I think it's very important to be self-sufficient in society where at least economically tied to other people. But we don't even need to be that. When the Emperor Alexander um, invaded from, in, from Greece, he invaded the Orient and invaded India. And in India he discovered um, yogis. And so he sent word to one yogi who just lived under a tree. And he said that if you come I'll heap you with wealth. If you don't come I'll take, off, take your head off. <laughs> and this yogi said, the wealth that your, your emperor promises me is to me absolutely meaningless. And if he wants to take my head, I don't need my hand. He's perfectly welcome to take it. <laughs> it will do him no good, but it does. I don't need it, so let him come if he wants to. If he wants to ask questions, he has to come to me. And so Alexander went to him and asked him questions. But when we can reach that level of self-sufficiency, whether we're, even if they take our bodies, what does it matter? We're not this body. If they want to take our wealth away, fine. If you can have that sense of self-sufficiency, the one thing that's in a practical way worth having in this is that then you suddenly find that the laws of the universe work for you so that you have what you need wherever you go. Um, people who are like beggars, always wishing more, always thinking that if I had this then I'd be happy, they're never happy. But also, they f it's sort of like a, a dog, if you um, chase after him, he runs away. But if you call to him, he comes. So if you chase after wealth, it runs away. But if you just are self-sufficient and call to things, you'll draw whatever you need to yourself. Knowledge, wealth, opportunity. It's amazing how much this world responds to our consciousness. So that wherever you go, you, you meet friends if you're a friend, enemies if you're an enemy. A friend, I, I used, I roomed with a young man in college who had agitation consciousness. <laughs> wherever he went, things always happened to him. He'd go in a crowd and somebody would pull a gun on him. Why'd you touch my girl? I didn't even know he was. <laughs> But one time he came back from, um, he'd just been out for a short walk, he came back, <laughs> collapsed on the bed, and he, he, apparently six black men had attacked him with daggers, and he had run and managed to escape them. And I was really curious, because whenever I went out, everything was peaceful and calm, and I, I thought, well, I've just got to see this. So it was pretty stupid on my part, but I went right where all those black men had pulled daggers on him and all I saw was somebody smoking in a doorway. Absolute peace. And when we went out together, everything was peaceful. But when he went alone, you just never knew what was going to happen next. But it's our consciousness that draws to us whatever comes to us. And when you have a, a strong expectation of good, then good comes to you. 
when you have an expectation of kindness. Kindness comes to you. I know with him, um, he had only to look at somebody in a uh, restaurant or something. Why do you look at me like that? But they didn't look, think that way about me. Even strangers. I, I know one time I, I was in Paris and I wanted to go to a concert, but it was in a church and they were just closing the door. It was my birthday and so it was to me important, but just as they were closing the door, the hall was full. And uh, I said, but it's my birthday. And they said, oh, well, happy birthday. And they <laughs> asked me. And so I, but they couldn't put me in the crowd because it was completely full. So they put me up behind the altar in the church. And there were two or three people up there with me. And the music was very blissful and wonderful. But later, I was in the metro and the subway in Paris. And uh, some old lady came up to me and she said, do you remember me? I said, well, no, but I was in the audience. But there's 700 people in the audience. How would I recognize her? But she sat down and was telling me troubles she was having with her daughter and all these things. But somehow she had felt that I was her friend. So when you become filled with joy in yourself, then people feel that. Whatever you are, you draw to yourself. It seems that your own consciousness and energy vibration then is extremely important to how your it's experience. Important. If you want to succeed, have success consciousness. And it's important also to mix with people who have that consciousness because they will help to develop your magnetism. Magnetism is something that is shared. And uh, this is why on the spiritual path, it's important to mix with saintly people. Swami, Don't mix with worldly people. Swami, is uh, material self-sufficiency a prerequisite for spiritual self-sufficiency? No. I, I, well, let me put it this way. You can't become spiritually self-sufficient if you feel that you need material things. So material self-sufficiency means that you you don't depend on matter for your happiness. Obviously you need food, but you don't, you're not a beggar. I don't know how to put it. You have the right magnetism to draw to yourself what you need. Mm -hmm. When you don't have the desire for... That's right. Yeah. So, and, and spiritually, can one develop self-sufficiency spiritually? Self-sufficiency ultimately is spiritual that you don't need other people. I know there's one woman I know who says other people's opinion of me is not, is not, is, their opinion of me is not my problem. Mm -hmm. You have that, if, have any opinion of me that you like, it doesn't matter to me. Mm -hmm. To have that kind of self-sufficiency, not to need to watch television or do these things, the more you have of that, the more complete you are in yourself. The spiritual path, finally, is not a matter of becoming poor. It's a matter of becoming rich in God. You find that your life is filled with God and you don't need distractions. Swami, um, when we relate to other people, when we have other people around us helping us, because it helps to have a supportive environment, as you were saying earlier, 
then it's not that we're dependent on them. It's more that we, uh, be, we, I'm trying to understand where the, are we dependent on that environment then when we have a, a supportive environment around us? Well, I don't think so. I, I started Ananda. I was perfectly well off without it. I wanted to start Ananda to give people this feeling that they can work with other people instead of against them, to uh, offer them the security of a place in the country where they could grow their own food. I did it for them. I didn't do it for me. I was well off already. But uh, I think that's true, that the more we, we uh, think in terms of other people and helping them, they will help us for sure. Mm -hmm. that that's a, but you don't need it. Mm -hmm. You're not begging for anything. People give me money, I don't ask for it. I don't need it. If I have it, usually I give it away. It's just uh, you find that you depend on God. Mm. And that seems to be the key to all of this, is yes. depending more Yeah, the more God. you give, the more happy you are in yourself. How can people start to create that in themselves? I think that you have to, first of all, in a way you have to leap off the, the diving board. Mm -hmm. You can't be sure. But then you try it, and I would say try a little bit. And if it works, then you try more. So don't just cast yourself, don't leap off a cliff. <laughs> but bit by bit you find that it is working. The more kind you are to people, the more generous you are with people, the more they will help you. And naturally you find bit by bit that this is a safer path. <laughs> when I'm alone and uh, I have to depend on other people, then I I don't find security in myself. So bit by bit, the right attitude will become entrenched. So you have to build up your faith a little bit at a time. I think usually that's the case. It yeah. seems like there's so much selfishness in the world today that this message is rather critical. It's a critical message. It's, I think the main problem today is greed. People wanting to take for themselves and uh, this is really why, why people who are wealthy become poor. You rise and you fall in this world over many lifetimes. I remember seeing a group of gypsy children at Howrah Station outside Calcutta. And there's this one girl who looked like, a, like an aristocrat, like a queen, holding her hand out. But I could see that her consciousness was, what am I doing here? She had fallen because she had been jealous, been selfish. Mm -hmm. But the more you give to others, the more you understand you're a part of the whole um, show, you might say. You're a part of everything, and then everything sustains you. Mm -hmm. Swami, you've formed communities. Is this a way of addressing that need in society? I, I think so. I started Ananda as a means of helping people to also have satsang, have friends around them who wanted their welfare spiritually instead of always pulling them down, saying, why are you trying to do this? And why The worldly people tell you you're wrong to be jealous, you're wrong to be selfish, I'm selfless, I mean, you're wrong to think of higher values, you're wrong to be um, kind, 
if you work with worldly people, you'll get so many wrong messages. When you live in a community of people who are dedicated to living in the right way and living for truth, then you're strengthened in that resolution. It's a great strengthening power to live in community, to live with those who, who love God and who love their fellow man. At Ananda, we find people thinking in terms of helping each other, not of taking from each other. And if somebody doesn't have a job, well, they carry him until he can get a job. And if somebody's ill, they all try to help him. A couple get married, everybody pitches in to help them have a nice honeymoon or a nice home or whatever it might be. When you have everybody working together, this is really a golden age. And this is what I would like to bring to the world, to help everybody in the world to understand that if we can be brothers and sisters on this planet together, we ourselves find fulfillment.